0: What's up? What's up?
1: Uh Should I throw I throw this up uh, tomorrow 8 a.m.? Which one? Marcello's Mets.
0: Make it like out. 10 a.m.
1: 10 a.m.? Yep. Tomorrow's what,
0: 28th? 28th, yeah. yes.
1: So stupid that there's shit in military time. I know. Ten hundred, I hope, go to Zeno. All right, that was
0: it. All right, see you. I just
1: didn't want to have shit get too crowded.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: you hear me yeah what's up my man what's going on i don't have have, uh my headphones or anything all right (coughs) just give me
0: one second all right so welcome to this episode of the big blue in the bronx podcast episode number 56 uh obviously we got some stuff to talk about today the recap for Thursday's game was on Friday, so we have a couple more extended stuff to talk about. I have Jordan Levine back on again. We're going to discuss two early uh, draft prospects to possibly look out for next year. I'm also going to talk about the trade deadline, and I'm going to introduce uh, many statistics coming off of last week's loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan, how's everything going? Everything's good, my man.
1: Thanks for having me on. No
0: problem. So to come out with, I would say, let's see, six analytics use them how you want uh Dalvin Tomlinson Giants defensive tackle ranks 10th in run stop win rate 39 percent that's among defensive tackles in the NFL Will Hernandez he ranks 7th in run block win rate among offensive guards in the NFL with 75 percent Giants defense ranks 31st in pass rush win rate 33 33 percent 31st in the league Giants defense also ranks 19th in run stop win rate at 30 percent the Giants offensive line they have not been good this year's the Giants' offense, line, they have not been good this season. The 31st in pass block win rate at 45%. Meanwhile, the run block win rate is at 17th, is ranked 17th, 70%. So, uh, obviously, take analytics with a grain of salt. But at the same time, you know the stats on here do complement what's on film. Hernandez is good at run blocking. Uh, Tomlinson's good at run stopping. And the Giants' online hasn't done the best in pass blocking as well as we saw Andrew Thomas's struggles going back to the, uh, the Eagles game. Jordan, what was your evaluation on that game? Like, not so much evaluation, but just, like, thoughts coming off of that game.
1: I mean, well, one of the things that I said uh, I was preaching all of last week leading into Thursday Night Football, uh, one of the things I was preaching that the Giants needed to do to win the game was uh, to not gain too much confidence, not let the, de- the defense gain too much confidence and let their guard down obviously they needed to do that coming in um which they did but um at the end of the game they completely obviously you know engram had the drop and that was something to be said on its own i know you feel strongly about that but Mm -hmm. the defense kind of did let the team down with those two quick scores at the end um penalties and and things like that so uh and that reason they lost in the end of the day you know what i mean like joe judge said they wouldn't have been in that position without Evan Ingram. So you can't blame the whole game on him, but the defense does need to make those stops. Yeah. And the penalties. Um, kill what was I wasn't going to say,
0: so it's been four straight seasons in Philly that we've blown a lead. And if you want to, you can count the one in 2017, which was only a touchdown, but 2018 you had, I think it was like a 16 point lead, you had a 14 point lead last year. Now you have, what was it? An 11 point lead this year and they yeah. still blow it and you know the defense again it's it, it's the divisional games it seems to be um you know especially the washington especially the game and the division. cowboys game cowboys game was kind of similar in the same situation cuz Ryan Lewis got beaten deep downfield you know it was Michael Gallup against the cowboys and i think it was um i think it was John Hightower this game as well so he's right. not the number 2 corner and you know as much as improvements he does make against certain teams, you know, he's just not the guy. And that's where I kind of fault Dave Gettleman, but I also, you know, I don't know where to fault it at the same time because you did sign Logan Ryan, but at the same time, you know, you were playing some other people like uh, Madre Harper and you were also playing Corey Ballantyne because the injuries you had, Adrian Colbert and Donnie Holmes were out, so what were the Giants supposed to do?
1: Right, well, I mean, I think that, in general, the, the CB2, cornerback two position for the Giants is a gaping hole, and I mean, I guess you can somewhat blame Gettleman, but, I mean, the whole DeAndre Baker incident happens after the draft, and, you know, like, you just don't know uh, what's going to happen with him. Actually, I'm not sure if it happened after or before the draft, but either way, I mean, that's a that's a first-round pick from last year. You're supposed to be locked up at, at the cornerback position. You're absolutely right. Jordan Lewis has been awful and they can't really figure it out they were trying it with yaidom for a little bit and they really can't there's no one there that's making the plays i mean jordan lewis not only did he let up the big the big throw to hightower um it was also he was the guy who had the penalty on uh that third and long
0: yeah and he'll got the a sack, sack yeah got the and you know and, yeah you know he's been but i'm gonna say he's been better than yaidom and ballantyne would have been but i'm just saying you know ryan lewis he's still not it He's still not at a corner. And the way the Giants can attack that is by draft picks. And trade deadline is actually next Tuesday. So let's get into that. Now, obviously, the talks have been going. Uh, Is Evan Ingram going to get traded? He's one of uh, my top candidates to be traded. I'm going to do an article on that at Last Word on Sports. And I also assigned somebody else at All New York Sports to do a similar article. So Evan Ingram, he comes on my list number one. Not just because of the game he had against... The Eagles, and I didn't really believe it when everybody was trying to hype him up. Oh, uh, Evan Ingram is you know he's gonna have a good game against the Eagles. I didn't believe it. You know the Eagles have shit linebackers. They have I think it was Alex Singleton, Duke Riley, and Nathan Jerry. You know they didn't play all that well except you know uh, Nathan Jerry. He beat Andrew Thomas on a sack, which was not really appetizing to look at. But, you know, everybody's expecting, oh, Evan Ingram, he's going to have a big game. I didn't expect him to do that because I know what Evan Ingram is in certain situations like that when he's poised to have a big spot. And guess how many drops he already has this year?
1: I'm not, I'm not sure of the exact number. Definitely multiple, though.
0: More than the last two years? Almost more than the last two, two years combined. He has five drops oh, already. Crazy.
1: I mean, I mean, that drop on Thursday night was unacceptable.
0: Yep. And his catch rate is actually the second lowest of his career. And the lowest of his career was actually his rookie year where he had, I don't know how many drops. He had three last year. He had three the year before. He's got 27 career drops in his career since 2017. That's, I believe, second in the NFL. And I think Travis Kelsey might be on that list as well, but you recognize who's Travis Kelsey and who's Evan Ingram. And, you know, it just shocks me that the Giants don't want to trade him and they think he's a, a valuable piece. Look, I get it that, you know, going through three different coaching staffs, you know, it's not easy, but he has not made the transition. His run blocking has not gotten better. Uh, You know, when he's poised in different situations to match up against safeties or linebackers, he hasn't done that. And also to note that everybody's saying, oh, you know, uh, switching wide receiver. He won't get separation on a cornerback if he won't get separation on a linebacker. So, you know, these are the things. And again, crucial situations like Thursday night. This is why I don't think he's going to last in the Big Apple. But, you know, let's see what the Giants do with him. And, you know, if Dave Gettleman stays, which I don't think he will... You know, he might give him another chance. If he doesn't stay, I see the Giants getting rid of Evan Ingram.
1: Um, you know, yeah, I, I kind of hear you there. I, listen, I'm not—I'm definitely not a fan of how Evan Ingram has played in his tenure with the Giants. He's either been injured or playing poorly. Um, I do believe, however, that the reason that he's probably one of the more hated guys, even though he's clearly the best skill position on offense when Saquon's hurt. But the reason being that he's so disliked and there's such a distaste for him amongst the fans is because there's so much hype around him to be this guy, this all pro guy, who's like the focal point of our passing game. But in reality, I mean, he's one of the only weapons that, that Daniel Jones is throwing to. He, they're going to show a lot of attention to, towards Evan Engram on the weekly basis. At the same time, if Daniel Jones isn't playing well, how is Evan Engram going to play well? You know what I mean? The the offense needs to play well as a unit. You can't really blame certain guys uh, for certain things. Um, but uh yeah, that's how, where I feel. I I think that they are going to keep him, um unless they get an offer that blows them away. Maybe like a, if they could somehow get a second round pick. I don't see it. But I don't if think they could so. somehow get something like that. I would say uh, a four or five that's maybe. The only circumstance where they'd give him up. Um, I do think that. I'd probably put kevin zeitler I, I i did see him on your list but i'd probably put him as the number one option just because of the age factor and they still are paying him a solid amount of money and i think that the uh, the giants do like um guys like shane lemieux out of oregon i think that they do want to give him a chance you never know with a new gm but we're not there yet so i would yeah. say kevin zeitler
0: kevin zeitler is actually on my list you're right about that jordan and to come to nevin ingram's defense now listen Obviously, I've critiqued him, you know, especially today. But it's kind of like a Darius Slayton factor, except Darius Slayton. I think he's better than him. But at the same time, you know, everybody, everybody poised. You know, Darius Slayton. He's gonna have a, you know monday night uh primetime time slate you know everybody was coming out with these posts on social media i wasn't necessarily you know on it not that i don't have confidence in him it's just you know when he's the only weapon out there you can't be pressuring him to have you know a hundred yard games every game he's not a number one wide receiver that's why i say maybe target one free agency maybe target one in the draft because we don't know what sterling Shepard's gonna be you know with all the injuries he's had in his career evan ingram we don't know and, you know, Golden Tate, he might just get traded or maybe even cut in the offseason.
1: I mean, right. Well, the, that comes down to what I said before. It's the expectation out of Evan Ingram. You can expect a lot from Darius Slain at the end of the day. He's still a fifth-round pick out of Auburn. He's not the, the guy you used the 19th overall pick on, or, or was it 23rd? I'm not sure. One of the two. Um, but, uh, you know, like that, it just comes with the expectation. That's why people are hitting on Evan Ingram so much more. He's supposed to be that guy. And my
0: next candidate he might not be traded he might be traded is golden Tate now you know obviously he was signed to a big contract you know maybe about I would say I don't know how much long actually after Odell Beckham was traded because I think that was mid-march that he was traded and then a couple of days later they maybe be assigned Tate. I think it was like four days or something like that but I'm not too sure about that but whatever so he has not impressed this year at any standard now he's usually a big yards after catch guy and last year he averaged I believe was like 5.8 now he's at 2.8 so you know he's clearly aging listen do I think he's a weapon yeah when he ever provides but at the same time you know he's aging you know I don't think he's gonna live out his full contract I don't think he ever was gonna live out his full contract which was four years when he was 31 years old and you know again might want to target a wide receiver in the draft long term, and again, Slayton's not your only guy. So you kind of have to think if you're Dave Gettleman or the scouting department, or maybe even a new GM, is an aging wide receiver a product to put around Daniel Jones, or do we trade him at the deadline, maybe get him for a fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round pick for a con- to a contending team maybe something like the saints. Cause they just lost Emmanuel Sanders, I think. Uh, and they also, I, I, could,
1: I could see, him. I, I could see him. I could see them trading golden tape, but again, I don't know how easy it's going to be to find a suitor. The only thing I can think of is a, a team at the top of the, at the top of the board. That's, that's kind of missing that one extra guy. But I mean, you know, I'd say Baltimore, Baltimore just went ahead and signed Des Bryant to the practice squad. So I don't think they're going to try and go after another aging receiver, especially not give up any draft picks. So, you know, it's, he might end up just sticking around and maybe they'll, they'll buy him out or trade him or something. I don't know. But, but he's also, you know, he's just good to help Daniel Jones progress as much as he possibly can with, with what he's got. Um, obviously I'm going to touch on it a, a, a little bit later. Obviously I have my top three way too early draft prospects. If the draft were tomorrow or later, later, um, one of those is a receiver. So I guess we'll talk about that. Maybe the Browns question mark.
0: They just lost Odell. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the
1: Browns, I mean, I mean, are they in a position that they that they that they think they're going to win their division right now? That they're going to go ahead and trade Who a knows, trade away a draft pick? they're
0: what four and they did two. get
1: blown out. They're five and two now, but they did five get blown two. out by the U.S. So and they they've also got, also got Baltimore, who's sneakily five and one. So I mean, yeah, nobody
0: thinks that. And yeah. Baltimore and Pittsburgh go at it next
1: week. So, uh, yeah, they do. something to look at. It. Yeah, it was supposed to be the bye week. It was actually supposed to be this past week. But, yeah, uh, but because, of the, because of the whole Tennessee stuff. thing, they switched it up. Yeah, so that's my
0: evaluation or at least, you know, my thoughts on Golden Tate. Zeitler. Now it's to Kevin Zeitler. Um, I'm kind of indifferent on this one. And I wrote about this in my article. I said, you know, a lot of beat writers are bringing up the same point. In today's NFL, everybody has to admit that the O-line value is going down. And it's so hard to find a good offensive lineman like Kevin Zeitler. He's never made a Pro Bowl, but he's always been solid. If you take a look at his stats, he allowed only eleven pressures and one. He only had one penalty next last year, and he didn't give up any sacks. At least, you know, from the stats I got. And you know, it's it's a mixed feeling for me because yes, you get the value. You know, you trade him to an O line needy team. Um. Maybe even a contender, but I don't honestly think, you know, that's maybe full in the package. Uh, maybe the Bengals will take him back because their offensive line is not the greatest, but at the same time, you know, when you get Matt Parrot some reps at right tackle, or you get maybe, I don't know, at some circumstance, Andrew Thomas reps at right tackle. Do you really want a rookie right guard and Shane Lemieux in there? Someone who really hasn't been in there and he's only played, what, two snaps. They're at fullback. So right. is well, that really something you want to do? especially with the O-line talent decreasing in the league.
1: Right. So what I, what I was going to say about Kevin Zeitler is that I think his contract goes beyond this coming off off season. Am I, am I correct? Yeah. He has this year and he has
0: 2021, 2022. He's a free agent and his cap hit next year, I believe is like 10.5 million. I'm not too sure on that.
1: Right. So, I mean, I, I think just for the sake of Daniel Jones, um, I think that they're not going to trade him at the deadline, but I could definitely see an offseason move. We'll, we'll take a, a late-round pick for him. It's He's getting old, you know what I mean? Uh, another year or two, he's going to start to regress, I'm sure of it. And, and you know, he, he'll probably end up hitting that Nate Solder area where you can't really get much out of him, so you just end up having to eat the money. Um, so I could see them trading him to a team that, like, a good team that has a hole or something like that, um, but I don't think they'll do it midseason just for the sake of Daniel Jones. But uh there also another draft option that I've got on there is is offensive line. So there there's many things that many combinations and possibilities the Giants can do. Now relating to that,
0: in a weird scenario, let's just say the Giants take Panay Suwell next year out of Oregon.
1: Right. So that's they Let's see if they, play, the, see if they the place on him on next list. to
0: uh Shane Lemieux, whatever tackle side they put him at. Because who knows right. what's going to happen with Thomas or Parrott. But Parrott showed promise, even though he struggled. Like, um, I know the one play where it was a sack on Daniel Jones. He was mostly coming from Thomas's side. But Parrott <laughs> also had some pressure there, too. I think he was facing Brandon Graham, if I was not mistaken. So, Listen, it's going to be interesting.
1: I mean, in my opinion, I'm a very strong believer in the fact that Dave Gettleman is one of the types of guys that Giants fans are going to hate him while he has the job. And maybe three years later, we're going to love him. Because he really has added a plethora of, of, O-line talent that can be developed into something very good. So obviously I, I guess we move into my, my way too early draft options with this or. Uh, we have one more.
0: Wait, hold on. Let me check. I have, see, I, I have two, I more, have, I, two I figured more candidates to go. And then oh, we're going gonna... to. All
1: yeah. right, fine, fine, fine. So okay.
0: I'll, I'll just hold that thought for later. And yeah. I'll get back. Yeah. Just keep that in your mind. Next one's Dalvin Tomlinson. Now Tomlinson, Uh, his rookie year he wasn't that bad. 2018, he didn't even have a quarterback hit. That's how bad he regressed. Then you look at 2019; he had the best season of his career: 13 pressures, three and a half sacks, five quarterback knockdowns, and three hurries. You know he's a guy that will stop the run, obviously. And then you know he's a motor in the passing game when it comes to rushing the passer. He's already got one sack on the year; that was on Andy Dalton. He's got four pressures, so that was half of what he got in 2018 which is very promising they played him actually at least according to pro football reference as a defensive end or a defensive interior but now they're placing him more at the nose tackle position and it's kind of a similar feeling to uh the one i have in kevin zeidler Ta- tomlinson i think he's a good player i think he's a solid defensive player problem with him is that dexter lawrence is emerging into something you still got bj hill who's rotating I don't know what they're gonna do on austin johnson you know he's shown some flashes but i'm not gonna say you know he's gonna be the best defensive lineman you also have leonard williams who is on a franchise tag and he's gonna be looking for you know some big money and a big paycheck next year he's already got three sacks this year you know i think his highest amount of sacks in his career i believe was five or seven so that's you know that's something for him and a lot of giants fans you know hated on him coming into this year you know i wasn't the biggest fan of him But the first how many games, he's racked up some pretty good stats for an interior defensive lineman that was pretty much a bust with the Jets. And my kind of question was, and I asked my brother, and I tease my brother with this all the time, (laughs) I says, look, you know, Leonard Williams, last year, he put up half a sack with the Giants. How come he couldn't do that with the Jets? And, you know, they're better in defense, and they were a better coverage team, because you could say it was a coverage sack, but they also meaning the Giants, they blitz more. So that's got to be interesting as well. But, you know, for the Tomlinson topic, you know, it's going to be very dicey. And it's also not Dave Gettleman's pick. It was Jerry Reese's back in the second round of the 2017 draft.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, I see it. I do see it. That's that's what's sad because I do love Dalvin. He's a captain on the defense. He He's although he had a bad sophomore slump that happens to guys and he's been really good. And he's kind of been that gelling glue, which has enabled guys like Leonard Williams, BJ Hill who rotates in Dexter Lawrence to grow. And another thing is that he's also the only guy on the defensive line that was actually with Patrick Graham back in 2017 when he was the defensive line coach for the giants. So his rookie season when he played pretty good for a rookie uh, when he played pretty well for a rookie, excuse me, um, Patrick Graham was his coach. They know what each other like to do, and and he's really the meshing glue. That's why they named him the captain. So I don't know, but that is the thing is that it will be a dicey situation. The Giants aren't going to have that much cap. They're probably going to need to spend some on the offense, or at least a cornerback too. It sold those contract and, rules over, so that's yeah, not going to be a good thing. Exactly. So it, I mean, they they might they might not be in a position where they're able to keep Dalvin. Um, so yeah it's definitely something to worry about but uh i don't know maybe i i could see them honestly trading hill before they trade dalvin even though dalvin will command more money see i really don't see that i could
0: but like you know what's like what value gonna get for hill and like how much is his contract worth so that's like that's kind of where i am about it i don't see them trading bj hill and all honestly but you know
1: yeah, it does still leave it the problem of money. It does still leave the problem of the money. Um, yeah.
0: Um, and before we go into my fifth candidate and my final candidate, uh, somebody said this about maybe I think a year ago when our pass rush was like starting to evolve a little bit. The Giants' defense is not one you plan against. Now, the defensive line in specifics is not one you plan against, but is one to you know be underrated and dangerous. That's what I see with this defensive line because you know whether it comes from good linebacker
1: playing, whatever. You know what I'd say, sorry, just to to cut you off, but I basically get the gist of the question. Um, I'd say that they are the type of defense, that that narrative would fit when you're talking about the general eye. We're talking about the media, the fans, the reporters, the general eye. Yes. But if you look back and you go back to, I think week four or whatever it was when they played the Rams in LA, this giant's defense might be underrated by the fans and the media, but they're definitely not underrated by the league. Everybody knows that Joe judge, runs a good system and and he he's gets under all cylinders of the ball and it's Belichickian style defense. Everyone knows that. And, and the numbers have shown the giants have been a good defense this year. I think if you look back uh, to that week when they played the Rams, Sean McVay said like, they asked him like what he's planning about how he's going to stop this, this and this. And he was just like, man, this defense is tricky. Like like, they're a good defense. And it showed they did hold the Rams. I, I certainly think that they might be under underrated by the fans. eye, but definitely not amongst coaches in the league. I think they, they that they actually that they absolutely are a team that coaches plan
0: for. I think it was only 200 yards or 190 that we held Jared Goff to, and he had like so many good games up to that point. And my fifth candidate is Sterling Shepard. Now, personally, Shepard's one of my favorite players. You know, he's been here uh, since 2016. You know, he was an elite, I would say elite for Giants type the weapon the for Eli.
1: The last guy that's around from yeah. when Eli was playing decently
0: from a winning team, right winning Giants team to be specific right. Right. but the problem is you know when he's on the field he produces you know I haven't really heard that much criticism when it comes to him he's, it's not like an Evaningham Ingham sword where it's like um you know he's not production you know production on the field with him isn't very good um you know when you're supposed to really rely on him but Shepard when he's on the field he produces we saw you know he, looks like that turf toe wasn't even affecting him and uh you know listen just with him it's just like you know he's one of my fan favorites and like you know I might be running out of words here it's just like I don't know but you could get good
1: value for him I mean you probably could get solid value for him and this is what I have to say about Sterling Shepherd. as a giant fan it obviously hurts to think about moving on from Sterling Shepherd, but uh, because he's the last guy as you say from an era of, of like happiness and good memories but um if you look at it closely, he's the type of player. Well, first of all, he's injury prone. Second of all, he has decent value. You can always get a solid pick or something out of him. He, he to me, he, there's like a certain, a certain class of players like Sterling Shepard. It's the Jamison Crowder, the Sterling Shepard, the Golden Tate, the Randall Cobb, the journeyman who kind of just moves around from team to team. Everyone can use him. He's that third option slot guy on a good team. To me, that's what Sterling Shepard fits as. Now, if he can stay healthy all the time and and not miss two weeks at a time here and there and here and there and here and there, then I could say he's even better, and maybe the Giants should look to keep him as that third guy, but I don't know. I just feel like that's the type of role that he plays, so I could see them trading him as well if it could get them more picks. The Giants need as many picks as they can get, especially with a new GM, which is likely to to be the case and they only have five
0: six picks going in to next year i didn't even realize that so they right. will need to trade somebody at the deadline uh, actually now it's like six because the market is a golden trade but um you know the shepherd thing obviously when he's on the field he produces when he's off the field obviously he doesn't and again we saw the flash of him when you know he got six catches for 59 receiving yards and a touchdown against the eagles you know that's what he can be so let's move into our too early draft discussion about prospects i'll let you go first because this was your whole entire idea but i actually have some like you know observations of my own and why
1: um so i mean i guess we'll if we overlap with ideas we'll 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 share them but uh i basically have if the draft were tomorrow where the giant's picking they pick second overall which means that they'll probably be able to get any player outside of trevor lawrence who will probably be going to the jets if the draft for tomorrow who pick first so giants and the jets are at the top of the board and the giants likely aren't looking to pick a quarterback so second pick is really the best they can be at the best spot they're can not be. not picking at. justin fields i don't see them doing that you're not picking justin fields. He's, not, he's not a general
0: he's not a generational talent we're talking about it yeah i think we're going like, to
1: like, uh, yeah. talk about it at uh at the end right i think the whole Trevor Lawrence idea. So I didn't include him in this, but if the the only guy, even if they were going to draft a quarterback, which I don't think they will, would be Trevor Lawrence, nobody else. Um, so I have them three options, all very different options. My first option, I'll, I'll tell you all of them real quick, and then we'll go through them each in depth. So my first option is a uh, nice, well uh, tackle out of Oregon. Um, my second is Jamar chase, the wide receiver from LSU. And lastly, I got Micah Parsons, the linebacker um, from Penn State. Uh, so just to delve into it right away, uh, let's go with Seawell, the tackle. I mean, you can never really take too much O-line. I think if Dave Gettleman was still picking here, I think Sewell's probably the pick. Um, but, you know, just with the the low-functioning play of, of Andrew Thomas, Matt Parrott, you got him on the bench kind of playing decent when he comes in. They really will have options with three young tackles if they are are to take this guy. He's got tremendous size, quickness, and power, all three of them, which is absolutely what makes a future all-pro tackle. He's got the size there. Size is there. He's 6'6", 330. This guy's a beast of a man. I mean, he's huge. Uh, He's quick, nimble on his feet, all the works. I mean, so, like, just look at the Giants position where you're at. You basically have three one-to-three rounder picks, first-to-three. To third round picks, right? parrot being a third round pick, Thomas and Sewell both being top ten picks, and Hernandez it, as well, second round. Hernandez as well, but I'm talking about the tackles. Yeah. But so if they could trade Zeitler and get another later pick, maybe a fourth, fifth rounder this summer, maybe they can, maybe they can move one of them inside. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be crazy to move one of your three tackles that you got in the past two years inside, and then you got a young core with with Hernandez, Thomas, Parrett. Gates you got Lemieux who can move over to center if Gates plays badly there's just a whole bunch of options and that's why I say Dave Gettleman you might hate him now but in the future he has been drafting very prominent young O-linemen that are talented I mean I think if, if the Giants can manage to get two, through two more years and they and they add some pieces a couple minuscule pieces they can be a good team if they keep the defense up and the offensive line continues to grow um, so that's my first guy Sewell what are your thoughts on him? I do agree with you there and
0: you know, I just don't think now. I could be wrong, and college football is still going on. Obviously, he opted out, so we don't know what he's gonna be. You know, the coach is gonna have gonna to be rely a common on
1: theme this this year. I mean, yeah. two of these guys, three, all three of these guys have opted out. So yeah,
0: the coaches um are gonna have to rely on twenty nineteen film. So that's gonna be interesting for them. But you know, if I'm looking at a glimpse right now, I'm not having the same conversation about Panice Well as I am Andrew Thomas now. Everybody was saying, you know, oh, why didn't Gettleman trade down? <laughs> Panay well, I don't think, is the guy you're going to be wanting to trade down for. Why? Because in the top four, he will already be taken. Andrew Thomas wasn't that guy, in my opinion. Because, you know, Werfs could have been gone. Uh, Becton might have been one of the other offensive linemen. Jedrick Wills, he could have been gone. But, you know, Sewell stands out to you as, you know... As what he is in college right now. Listen, I haven't done any scouting. I don't... You know, you just basically... You just basically brought up his size and everything. So, you know, I know a little about, a little bit about that. But the way everybody's, you know, critiquing this guy in a good way, you know, he's going to be a top three, top four pick. So, there's no need to trade yeah. down if the well, Giants are historically he, bad next year. He,
1: yeah, he, he's just... He's very big and he's very nimble. That's just basically the overall narrative of the guy, but yeah, I mean, listen, he's a good player. You know, you're just giving yourself more options. Even if you don't move one of them inside, let's say one of them busts. Andrew Thomas hasn't been so good this year, you know, like maybe after three years, two of them will be good. And you got two starting tackles for another 12 years to go. You know, it's just, then you'll never have to draft a tackle, but uh, it's just like, it's a good option to me. Um, So I'm going to move to my second, which is Micah Parsons. Um, Another guy, he opted out out of uh, Penn state. He was actually alongside uh, Cam Brown for last year um, at Penn State. Uh, he was clearly the best linebacker on the on the unit, though. Um, he plays inside and outside. Um, he can be looked at as an edge rusher, but he also really he's great at blitzing up the middle. He's a great linebacker. Um, he's also pretty big, 6'3", 244. Uh, he had 52 solo tackles. He does it all. I mean, he he can pass defend. He had five passes defense in 2019, five sacks, uh, 14 tackles for loss, 109 total tackles. I mean, he's just a very good player. Um, I mean, last year you had two first-round talent-worthy guys at middle linebacker position, uh, Kenneth Murray and uh, Patrick Queen. Uh, both of them have been playing well for the Chargers and the Ravens thus far. You also got Jordan Boykins. All three of those guys were really good. And uh, as, a, as far as a middle linebacker goes, I know a lot of people are scouting him as an edge rusher. I have him as a middle linebacker who can do everything. Um, but as far as that goes, I would have him higher than all three of those guys, in my opinion. I think he's better than all three of those guys. So he's a really safe pick. Um, I saw Daniel Jeremiah had a pro uh, pro comparison to Jalen Smith, which I think really does fit because he, he's one of those guys that just kind of covers the whole field, plays very well. Um, he He's not always great in coverage but he makes up for it if he overruns a ball or he undercuts something too early he's he's very good at getting right back to the ball carry and bringing him down for minimal gain so i think he's just a very very good option and he can take a giants defense that's already been pretty good i know it's not the biggest need but you're adding you're stacking on that's what a guy like Micah parsons if he develops to a defense like the giants have you add a cornerback too that could be one of the more elite units in, in the nfl now, what I have to say on Parsons, he's on my list as well. Um
0: obviously that would be covering inside linebacker two if you're putting in a fit, and obviously you'd be lying up next to Blake Martinez. So it's in my opinion, kinda like the cornerback two position. Now I have two cornerbacks uh on my list. Patrick Certain from Alabama, and I yeah. also have Sean Wade from Ohio State. Now Certain's gonna be probably top ten, maybe top twenty. Lovely. But I also my like Philip Forley, I think. Yeah. My thing is, you know, everybody says, oh, um, let's take the upgrade at QB. And I'm not going to extend this thought to our QB discussion. But, you know, the Giants are not in position, in my opinion, to just say, oh, let's upgrade a quarterback. We don't need to upgrade anything else. It's just like fantasy drafting, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. And, you know, everybody could say, oh, that's your second inside linebacker position. You go later rounds. Oh, that's your second quarterback, quarterback position. You go later rounds. No. Because we've seen the impact of what the inside linebacker position does, you know, whether it's the inside linebacker 2 position or the cornerback position. Ryan Lewis has been awful downfield this season, and also Devontae Downs is not an inside linebacker 2, and you have to let Cam Brown develop, who sometimes actually comes off the edge. And you also, you know, David Mail, he's just a tackling linebacker. You know, he's been semi
1: this year with coming off his injury, so, you know. I mean, yeah, and you also have to remember Parsons isn't isn't just that middle linebacker. You can line him up on the edge for different packages. You can line him up against the tight end, no problem. I mean, he, he's just an all-around good player. I mean, he's a very good guy to have on the team. I don't think anyone would be that upset for too long if they took him because the guy's an NFL-ready prospect, and he's just a really good young player, explosive, I might say. Um, so that brings me to my last guy, probably the sexiest pick probably the guy who the Giants fans will most likely want come April, 2021 um, after Trevor Lawrence. Um, And that's Jamar chase six foot, 210 pound wide receiver from LSU. Uh, He opted out. Um, I have his 2019 stats here, obviously. Um, He is the probably just another reason, obviously receiver being a need, but another reason why this guy is likely to go in the top five um, just because his 2019 tape tells you right away that he's good you know what i mean tells you right away he's good to go you don't have to be like ah but is there the tape like he's not like a promised guy he's like he already played extremely well and won a national title and he was the number one target actually um for joe burrow not justin jefferson who's been killing it for minnesota um so in 2019 he had 84 catches uh for 1780 yards that's I think like 20 less catches than Jefferson who played the slot and 200 more yards. Um, he's plays on the outside. He's a deep, deeper guy. He had an average of 21.2 yards per, per catch, which is like crazy. So he's that like deep threat, but like, he can just do a lot of things. Um, he had 20 touchdowns. And also another thing to note, not only did they win the championship and did he play better than other guys who have translated into success in the NFL. He also dominated the SEC and he's looking at, he's not in the slot like Justin Jefferson. He's looking at the best corners in the SEC from, from last year's draft. I mean, it's, a, this guy's impressive. He's a very, very good wide receiver option. And, and like I said, Darius Slayton, Giants fans will appreciate him so much more once he's finally running that deep option role, like Michael Gallup style, like he is for the, for Dallas this will give the Giants that Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup dynamic for Daniel Jones, and it will be fair because he'll have those guys and we'll have Ingram up the middle. If Shepard stays, those are weapons worthy for Daniel Jones. You can't have Darius Lane and a bang of Shepard as your only options, though. Um, so I really like Jamar Chase. I would not be upset if the Giants took him. Although wide receiver is a position that not necess- is not necessarily needed to be taken in the first round.
0: Here's my take on it. Jamar Chase is number one on my draft board as of right now, but it also depends how Andrew Thomas does. Also depends what the inside linebacker position looks like going into next year. So my take is, you know, you also have to evaluate. Now, you said Jamar Chase, you know, possibly a top five pick. I don't think that all the way, only because of depending on the teams that are actually lined up in the top five. Now, the Jets are horrible. They're probably going to be taking a quarterback, possibly. It depends, you know, what they decide. Joe Douglas, if he's gone, if he's not gone. Uh the Redskins sash the football team. Um they're pretty bad right now. Will they be taking a quarterback? You know, Ron Rivera, I just get the vibe that he really does not like Dwayne Haskins at all. You know, Kyle Allen's not necessarily the future, but I I think he is. I I see Washington going with Fields or Lance. I think
1: that's a lot.
0: And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars who aren't a good football team, could be going quarterback, but maybe might stay with Minshew. Likely. Yeah. Likely. And you know, your in My opinion, of... the three
1: teams that go quarterback in the top 10 this year, un- unless there are some unforeseen circumstances throughout the rest of this season. But uh, to me, the three teams that, that, that go quarterback in the top 10 are, uh, are the Jets, the Jags, and who's the last one? The Jets, the Jags, and the football team. The football team. Um, obviously, I could see certain things going certain ways. Maybe Chicago trades up. Maybe Minnesota trades up. Depending on what happens there, uh, maybe Cleveland maybe Cleveland trades up. Like we said, their division. Uh, I don't think cool. so, to be honest. I, I I don't think so either. But you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been good with the we- for the weapons that he's had, and and I could definitely see it if they end up going on a, a losing skid. They end up with a losing record. I can see that.
0: I kind of see uh, the Bears like depends how they finish the year, but a lot of people say oh, they're the most overrated. What are they now? Um, they lost. Yesterday, so their record's like what five and two, something like that. And two five and two. So if they're a good team, maybe they make it to wild card round. They're
1: great defense. That's what they are.
0: Yeah, if they make it to wild card round, maybe they do select a quarterback. Maybe they just sit at their spot and upgrade. The Vikings, Trey maybe. Yeah, the Vikings. I see them possibly finishing horribly and then maybe going in the top five, top seven. So. The and then you is also, that cousin got pretty big.
1: He's yeah. got such a big contract over there that you yeah. almost don't want to on for him, but you kind of have to because he's played terrible. He, he literally loses them games when he throws those three interception duds. And
0: then you also you know have to think about the Giants. You can't just think about outside teams. You have to say you know everybody you know makes the assumption. It's not you know a bad assumption. Giants should be six and one this year if it was a perfect world because they've competed literally in every game beside the forty nine er game. You can say also the first half of the 49er game. Agreed. Look at their Agreed. second half schedule. They play the Ravens, they play they play the Browns, they play uh the Cardinals, they play the Seahawks. They play the Bucks this week. Bucks this week. So, you know, everybody
1: five right there. Back exactly five.
0: You know, I'm speaking mostly on the second half of the season because obviously it's after the bye. And, you know, we saw what the Giants pulled in 2018 where out of the bye, they just came, you know, flat running until the Tennessee game. And then their momentum kind of shot. But my point is, you know, how much of a competitive team will the Giants be enough to win games when you have four opponents in the second half of the season? that are over 500 and competing for their division the Bengals, i don't think they'll be competing for their division so i think we could win against them dallas one of the other teams as well because andy dalton or maybe even a backup quarterback like ben danucci or someone else i think they'll sign a free agent maybe uh they're he's playing for them so you know let's see their bye week is week 11 so they have 10 games before that which means we have six games in the second half so yeah I pretty much covered everything so you know we'll see what the Giants they're not being Baltimore but again we'll have to see what comes out of the bye and what their record actually says you know they could lose all the way up to the bye and be 3-13 and we'll see where their draft spot is but in my opinion I would not anticipate let's just say the Giants finish 4-12, and 3-13 maybe even 5-11 and they're getting like maybe the fifth Maybe they trade back to the seventh kid, Jamar Chase. If they're really anticipated
1: on a wide receiver, I don't think they will be, though, that much. Listen, you hope that they don't have that miserable of a season. But if they do, I'm I'm anticipating maybe they move a couple spots back to like a five or six, and they will basically close in on one of these type of guys because the others won't be available. I I don't think Sewell will be available outside of the top three nor do I know about Parsons just because he's the best defensive player in the draft. And let me
0: go on to uh, my, I would say raw top draft prospects that I didn't mention already, or maybe mentioned briefly. Again, I say raw because I don't know a lot about them. I don't know, you know what they look like. Well, I know what they look like, but you know, the height, the weight and that stuff. So Greg, Greg Ruzzo from Miami defensive end. He's on my list. Edge Rusher. Edge Rusher. You need a primary as much uh sean wade ohio state patrick certain that's out of uh alabama you have I, Micah I like a
1: parsons i like certain sorry i'm just gonna keep interjecting because you're just reading them out i like certain i don't think unless the giants magically somehow do end up get, be going like six and ten this season and having like a number 12 to 15 pick uh i, I don't see them uh, i
0: don't see them doing that either i don't see
1: them going to fill the cb2 need in the first round more of a second round or free agency fix Um. obviously Micah Parsons, who Jordan mentioned, is uh, top of his
0: list. And then he obviously got the quarterback. So let me uh, fill in my insight as, you know, this will lead into Jordan's view on Trevor Lawrence and all the tanking stupidity. That's the way I see it, at least. So, you know, everybody's anticipating, or at least the hating Giants fans will say, oh, you know, Daniel Jones is horrible. We need an upgraded quarterback. Well, your quarterback's not necessarily going to be the greatest quarterback if, you know... Big impact plays on the defense don't get fixed. And you don't have enough weapons around Daniel Jones. And if you don't have an offensive lineman. This pertains to Panay Sewell as well. But the main emphasis I'm going off of is Jamar Chase, Patrick Certain. And Sean Wade as well. And Micah Parsons. Because, you know, obviously we see a lot of nickel packages with Blake Martinez just in there. But we saw a lot of Devontae Downs last week. And I still don't like the guy. Ryan Lewis, he gets beat downfield. So... You know, it's not just a fantasy draft where you're just saying, oh, let's take the best guy possible. That's Dave Gettleman's way of drafting as much as he says it, you know, as much as they evaluate it. Maybe they say, you know, um, especially this year, oh, Andrew Thomas is the best guy, the best guy we evaluated. Also to note that we need offensive tackle. So sometimes you need to go with need, sometimes the best player. But, you know, listen. If Daniel Jones finishes, you know, badly at the end of the season, I'll say, you know what? If we deserve a quarterback, if we really need to take one fine, take Trevor Lawrence. He's generally generational talent. I can't say that word for some reason. But, you know, it'd be stupid to tank. You know, someone commented to me on Twitter and said, you know, that's just a fan thing. Well, not necessarily in a lot of cases because, you know, you saw a lot of trading away from the Dolphins last year, but they progressed as the season went on. So all this, you know, tanking talk and you know, if teams were actually do that, you know, why would you cheat the system for a quarterback that you don't know how he's gonna be in the NFL? Let's just say they cheat the system and he they're like um, you know, let's just say two and fourteen and Trevor Lawrence goes, You know what? Nah, I'm gonna stay another year at college. But he probably won't in my opinion, because you know, people have been going be out, out there. there. Because I don't even they're think you do it
1: if that's her picking first. We'll
0: see, but you know, um he said injury risk and stuff like that but again you know if we truly deserve a quarterback fine but don't sit there and you know want to tank for him that's why I criticize fans stupidity on that you could want a quarterback you know fine but don't say oh tank yeah because if you tank you realize that you're going to be in more in my opinion of a regression than you were this year because if you take a look, you know, we didn't tank, obviously, in the last couple of years. But you look at 2018-2019, right? Everybody saw at the beginning of the 2018 season, you know, we weren't that good, obviously. But coming off of, you know, the bye week, we were better than we were in the first half. And, you know, everybody's saying, oh, this team's going to be, you know, maybe competitive with the right additions. We did nothing in free agency, and we actually stocked it up on draft picks. What happened? We were 4-12, and and our defense got worse. So that's what happens, you know, when you accumulate more draft picks, but the Giants are in that position where they need to make like four key upgrades and then they could be a competing
1: team. Listen, my argument isn't and has never been that the Giants should tank for Trevor. If The Giants are put in a position where they're winning games and Daniel Jones is showing promise and we can just add, fill some holes with like a little bit later of a pick. Then I say, fine. But if you're in the position where you keep getting close in games and little things are losing it, especially if Daniel Jones keeps throwing interceptions, not throwing touchdowns, fumbling the ball, if he keeps doing that and you land the first pick in the draft, I'd say go ahead, trade Daniel Jones for whatever you can get and take Trevor Lawrence. Just because Trevor Lawrence is generational talent. He's the most sought-out quarterback prospect, prospect since Peyton Manning, I'd say, maybe Andrew Luck. Has as much hype, but I don't even think Andrew Luck had this much hype. He's a guy that you get and you know he's going to be solid. You just do. You know he's going to be solid. He's a winner. I mean, he's generational talent. I don't think the Giants should take any other QB. No way. But I definitely think that if they're in the position to take Trevor Lawrence, you take him. I do not think that they should trade away that pick for a bunch of later picks. It doesn't work. I, I, Trevor Lawrence will make the team so much better. It'll be, Daniel Jones is, is fine. He's, he's not, he's not a great quarterback who's in a shitty situation. He's a quarterback who does his job and plays decent, but he's never supposed, he was never supposed to be the focal point of the offense. Daniel Jones, you're supposed to go in there get his job done and have Saquon be the focal point of the offense. I just think that if you land the first pick in the draft, you take Trevor Lawrence, even if it means you'll be bad for one extra year than you were supposed to at the end of the day, when you have a full-built roster, I, who do you think's more likely to win a Super Bowl, Daniel Jones or Trevor Lawrence? To me, it's Trevor Lawrence. He, he's he's just, I mean, like he's the most talked-about guy since Peyton Manning. Like he's a pretty, he, uh, to me, he's a hit, uh, he's a hit. Like the guy won a, a national championship as a as a freshman.
0: Yeah, and um, the mistake Dave Gettleman made, and a lot of I would say. Maybe some Giants fans who still have hope in Saquon Barkley. Listen, Saquon Barkley, he's generational mm-hmm. talent. But unfortunately, in my opinion, is being wasted. But you don't build around a running back. You build around a quarterback. Yes. And that's what the Giants need to do and focus that moving forward. Listen, you know, and going back to what I said about, you know, disrespecting Daniel Jones and wanting all this stupid tanking talk. The GM in my it's Not opinion, about the
1: tanking though. It's not yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's a simple question. It's a simple question. No, I know. If the Giants put themselves in a position where they go 1 in 15, do you want them to take Trevor Lawrence if they have the first pick? If it's because of Daniel Jones, yeah. The Giants are not going to go 1 in 15 because of anyone else but Daniel Jones. Um what was I going to say?
0: They're just not No, now I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on. Let me try to gain that
1: thought back. They're so, good enough team to win games. They're good enough team to win games that's all that's all i have to say on the matter i say if you're in a position to pick first you take trevor lawrence otherwise you don't take the qb you f- you fill holes and you and you move on unless but you're, in unless you're
0: the- magically
1: in first for
0: some <laughs> unknown reason but obviously you know trevor lawrence is trevor lawrence and again build around your quarterback and you will be fine but if it's the quarterback's fault i could understand going for uh you know, listen another quarterback. And there's,
1: there's there's tons of things there's you have to – you can't – just like you can't blame everything on the quarterback, you can't blame everything on the pieces surrounding the quarterback. You know what I mean? It goes two ways. And I think that quarterbacks get way too much credit when they're, when they're in their greatness and they're way too much uh, – they get way too much credit when the team is bad. And I think Daniel Jones is getting way too much credit now. But at the same time, if the Giants play well, it will never be because of his, his fantastic play. It will be because he's doing his job and not making mistakes. Basically, another Trevor Eli. Lawrence is one of those guys once every 20 years that comes around. Once every 20 years, two of them come around. We've already got Mahomes. The next guy is up to be seen. Maybe it's Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's Josh Allen. Could be Trevor Lawrence. You want to get that guy.
0: And you know what's going to make me so happy? Let's just say Daniel Jones, you know, he doesn't finish spectacular, but he doesn't finish horrible. Say Dave Gettleman's fired, right? The new GM, I think, will be smart enough to not take a quarterback next year and say, this guy needs help. Uh, select a wide receiver, select an offensive lineman, or maybe we take yeah. a defensive piece like a cornerback to an inside linebacker to. That will make me so happy to piss off other Giant fans who think quarterback is the whole problem of this
1: team. Well, if I'm, if, if I'm a GM, a new GM, I, I want the new GM to take Trevor Lawrence if they're picking one. I want him to be like, yeah, we should If
0: they're pick- picking one.
1: Yeah, if they're picking one. Otherwise, you, you have to assume that, that you can't value Trey Lance or Justin Fields over Daniel no, I, Jones.
0: No, I know. And, you know, obviously there's other Giant fans who want to replace, you know, Daniel Jones with Lance and, you know, uh, Justin Fields. But I'm just saying, like, for, you know, the Giant fans and whoever else thinks – um Oh, let's you know try to trade up for Trevor. Let's say Jets get first pick, we get third, fourth, or maybe even fifth. Oh, nah. trade up some of your best pieces. You know they're not gonna do nah. that because number one, the Jets would not be giving up Trevor.
1: Put yourself in the position to take him because of poor play. You take him. That's the end of the discussion for me.
0: Exactly. Unfortunately, a lot of Giants fans do not feel that way. Yes, uh, but I would also
1: I would also not hesitate to say to the people that were that are, that would say I know one of our friends. Uh, is a big believer in if they get first pick, they should trade it away for an abundance of future picks and packages and whatnot. Um, this not necessarily easy. I don't, I don't agree know when with the that last just as much as I don't agree with the whole tanking idea.
0: I don't know when the last time any team did that. Trade away the first pick for for a bunch of stuff. I don't remember honestly. No,
1: I don't think the Giants would do it, but I'm saying no. I know there are people who are saying do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But obviously <laughs> during the off season, this is going to be a whole nother topic. Jordan, thanks for coming on, my man.
1: Thanks for having me, man. All
0: right. That's the end of the episode. Thank you, guys. Uh, On Thursday, we'll have Vincent Rappasardi on. He's a big analytic giant fan. Uh, Maybe, Jordan, I'll have you come on. We could have a whole discussion. Maybe he'll introduce us to some new analytics. I had him on before. And uh, we'll see where everything goes. But thank you, guys, for listening, watching, supporting. I'm going to be live on Sportscaster next Monday night with two friends, really one brother, to watch the giant game on sportscaster not on youtube because youtube actually you know it censors the fact that you actually turn up the tv when you're not supposed to sportscaster doesn't do that thank you guys thank you jordan we'll see you on friday